Ethan's more interested in making you laugh than in making you money. I'd hate to see anything or anyone get in the way of that. Do you not want to do this with me anymore? I'm taking this seriously. You don't even want to be a dom. You want to be a comedian. You want to be a therapist. Who's doing the trick for me, mistress? Don't call me that. I'm my friend. We've been friends for 10 months. Do you love him? I don't know if I can. I'm still working on that for myself. You are special to me, Pete. I want to come out to my dad. You don't have to do it just for me. I'm not doing it for us. Oh, hey, Rolf. Don't. I'm, I'm not here. Keep talking. Yeah, we'll keep talking right now on Cord Killers! Welcome to Cord Killers 2021, the show that this year will be about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Merritt. And I'm Brian Brushwood in a post-apocalyptic hellscape that features streaming video on demand. We check in with this week's uh, opening video uh, from Netflix, right? Yeah, this is a trailer for season two of a, a show that came out a year or two ago called Bonding. Uh, this coming back to Netflix January 27. It's about these two friends who, uh, uh, for various reasons, entered the world of BDSM and sex work. Those various reasons being Abraham Lincoln, George Washington. <laughs> and Franklin, and yeah. Some than Hamilton. Andrew Jackson. Yeah, yeah, there you go. One of the interesting things about bonding <laughs> is that it is short form like i think that I, I remember the episodes only being 10 to 15 minutes long oh, I so get it bond yeah yeah bondage yeah so that's january 27 on sure. netflix all right uh let's welcome our guest for 2021 for all of 2021 or as long as he can be here so far it's 100 man thank you very much bill Meeks. holy crap i i'm committed for the next 51 mondays or whatever retroactively Jeez, you i mean i mean show me a single episode in 2021 that you've not joined us for i don't see one very true very true i should have read that release you oh, guys yeah i'm me. choked up too <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what do you say we get to our first primary target of the year? Hell yeah. Roku made a few interesting announcements over the past week. Uh, Roku says that NPD data, uh, NPD is a consulting group, shows that the Roku OS was the top-selling smart TV operating system in 2020 with 31% market share in Canada and 38% in the United States. Samsung's Tizen was number one in 2019, so it falls to number two. Uh, Roku also says it reached 51.2 million active accounts by the end of 2020, up from 36.9 million in 2019. So that's a big rise. And uh, if you put on top of that, the people who can get the Roku free streaming app, even if they don't own any kind of Roku device, uh, you get 61.8 million households watching that Roku free channel. Roku also announced a wireless soundbar reference design that will use Wi-Fi for the Roku TV Ready program. Last year, Roku announced the program uh, which had designed for wired soundbars. So the new thing here is that it's wireless. Program now includes TCL, Poke, and Denon, along with Element. Uh, Roku TV Ready will also expand internationally later this year, if you've been outside the US waiting for it. But here's the big news, folks. That, that's all very interesting, and we could talk about it. But Roku has agreed to acquire exclusive global distribution rights to more than 75 shows and documentaries, some of which have not been released before from Quibi. That's right. Our top story of 2021 involves Quibi. 
<laughs> yeah! Stay tuned for special guests, every zombie and uh, 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 the son of God himself, Jesus. Things that came back uh, from the dead. You thought they were gone. You thought they were <laughs> here's, gone, here's but a, they're back. Here's, here's a few details about the deal. Uh, it's uh, an exclusivity deal that Quibi had with the producers of the shows. Uh, so Roku gets exclusive rights to show these until whenever that deal expires. Uh, so a bit more than a year on pretty much every show. The ones that haven't been released, they'll get a full two years out of that. Um, they will also, after exclusivity deals expire, get the rights to show the content non-exclusively. So they still get to put it on their channel until 2027. The content will have to be presented in its original increments of 10 minutes or less. They can't smush them together and make a movie or a show out of it. Uh, the content will be added to the more than 40,000 movies and TV shows on the Roku channel. Uh, shows that have already released that will be added that will include Punked, uh, Murder House Flip, and that show Dummy with Anna Kendrick. So uh, I'm pretty sure people have heard a thought or two from us about Quibi, but I don't know that we've heard Bill Meeks's take on the whole on the whole affair. Uh, what were you a fan of Quibi? Were you heartbroken when it went away? I was not. Uh, really, the only thing I enjoyed on it was the new Reno 911. Um, but it, it, it was a, it's a very interesting concept. But it just you know doing the rotating the screen and everything, uh, it it didn't work for me. And I. I is, is that going to work on Roku? I, I, I don't think you can, you know, rotate your TV, right? Uh, yeah. Not yet. That's the joke. <laughs> uh, the, these will not be shown in turnstile mode, right? You just get the mm -hmm. one aspect ratio uh, and that's it. I, it does raise the question. This, this is only 75 shows. So none of the news stuff, which uh, probably nobody wants anyway, but none of the news stuff is included in here, uh, including that wonderful show from Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that, that, that show will not be in there. <laughs> but it also doesn't include the technology, the turnstile technology that we're talking about, which is being... Is, is in litigation because there's a company suing over the patent. But if Quibi can get themselves clear of that, I imagine we'll get another story of Quibi selling off the technology to somebody at some point. So this begins the phase of cord killers, uh, much like the new, new year. So begins the Brian apologizes uh, on behalf of, of Quibi or apologize. I, I become an apologist uh, because uh -huh. Quibi was from its very inception, very unfriendly to uh, consumers. It was a very bad idea for investors. They raised, what, $1.75 billion. Allegedly, they sold off. This this deal is for well under, allegedly. It's a bet that didn't come in. That's yeah. correct. Uh, under $100 million or whatever. However, and I, I think I've been consistent on this, Quibi has always been artist-friendly, giving them the ability to carry the rights to do whatever at post Quibi, outside of Quibi stuff that they wanted to do. And so uh, this is this is where my crazy libertarian mind kicks in. This is a case of Quibi's failure subsidizing talented Hollywood creatives. And because Quibi had generous terms for artists to attract top quality talent, which is what allowed them to run up that insane $1.75 billion <laughs> funding or whatever. Now, all of that comes to roost because these guys have already made all of this content. This is, by by most appearances, pretty good stuff. And now it gets, yeah, get ready, buckle in for 2021 to be the year of, what the heck? 
how was Quibi there the whole time and nobody told me about it? And then they say, yes, we took out ads during the Super Bowl, but we spent most of those ads explaining what a Quibi <laughs> the, was instead yes, exactly. of showing you the Instead content. of telling you what content was on it. Uh, that's the other thing to keep in mind here is so, some of the artists have complained about this because they say, look, we, we made these shows to be on Quibi. We didn't make them to be on a Roku. Uh, and, and we want to say in that. But some other artists uh, have looked at this as an opportunity to work with Roku to make originals. This this could be Roku Channel's way into making original content. Uh, before, yeah, if, uh, if nothing else, it's going to be a. It has to be a great deal for Roku because they just get this entire catalog of content that's already pre-ready for them to just throw up on their uh, service since HBO Max won't give them anything. Well, and, and you made the the comment about you know do you turn your TV or whatnot, but I think that's a legitimate complaint. But I, I would imagine that if any artist wants to go back and touch, retouch, you know, the framing of their shots, for example, uh, man, going back, what, 11 years to when we started this program, we were talking about the HD versions of The Wire and how they reframe certain shots and actually recontextualize the meaning of certain things because you're able to see in the periphery or see how small a group is or big a group is. Um, uh, in, in that regard, I, I think most artists probably will have permission to touch everything, but what we were hearing about the, uh, what was it called? Turnstile again? Turnstile, uh, yeah. Uh, the the portrait versus landscape, it essentially seemed to be the worst of all, all worlds because like uh, neither shot seemed particularly well-framed for it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, if, if nothing, nothing else though, I, I just think that, uh, you know, as long as we can get a, a sequel to that golden arm, uh, Quibi, you know, that's all that really matters. <laughs> Bury me with my golden Quibi. <laughs> Just promise me. Yeah, I, I, I think I read uh, somewhere, and I wish I would have noted this down, that the, the most dangerous game is is after its exclusivity and, and all of that is out, is is being considered to be made a, a broadcast I, I believe I, Well, I believe it was an Amazon original that they were looking at. Amazon original. Because, okay, good, and, good. and again, uh, 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 if, there, if there's one takeaway we can stand behind uh, uh, from memory, it's the fact that all of these agreements have been very artist beneficial, uh, uh, very generous to all of the artists. Very, very, very generous. Well, well done, Quibi. Is how I want to begin 2021. <laughs> yeah, noble, noble Quibi. <laughs> we're that's that. We're not going to say a bad thing about Quibi all year long. No, we're here show. to praise it, not or bury it and bury it's it. It's already buried. It's already buried. So <laughs> we're just here what to praise gonna it. Do? We're, we're here Don't to speak honor of the it. dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, folks, if you want us to continue all the way through the end uh, of the year, uh, you're going to need to give us a dollar. Heck yeah, dude. Remember uh, five years ago when you said to yourself, New Year's resolution, this year we're going to do it. Patreon.com slash court killers. I'm going to support independent artists. I'm going to keep them loud, live, and independent. I'm going to keep them not in the pocket of big Quibi. I don't even know what a Quibi is. It's 20, 2016. Uh, I sure hope my <laughs> candidate becomes president. Uh, I wonder how how it'll turn out that was you five years ago but now no comes. yeah there you go this is the year you can do it head on over to patreon.com slash cord killers not only will you be supporting us but you'll get your very own rss feed including uh this show spoiler in time and our special after talk segment all in one big block so we get to hang out for you for almost three hours at a time thank you very much yeah thank you and spoiler no it's not going to work out for marco rubio 2016 person sorry Let's talk about how to watch. Former executives from Discovery and Disney are launching a streaming service called Strum. 
I'm saying it that way because it's spelled S-T-R-U-U-M. But Strum will not have its own content. Instead, it will partner with smaller streaming content providers to offer you the ability to sample content from multiple places for one monthly fee. Uh, so the way they want you to think about it is uh, you can watch everything of every partner they have. And yeah, there's there's some credits going on behind the scenes that will limit what you can watch from any one provider in the system. But you just sample. And if Strum notices you're choosing content a lot from a particular provider, it will offer to let you subscribe to the whole service from within the Strum app. So just watch stuff. And then if you like it, you can get more by subscribing. And it's all in one app all one bill. Uh, Strum says it has 12 partners. It hasn't said who they are, uh, but it will have more than 20,000 TV series, movies, and shorts. They want to launch later this year in the spring in the United States with some international launches planned for later this year. Bill, how does this strike you? Uh, it feels a little like they're they're paying to advertise different s streaming services to me, which kind of makes me feel a little icky. But on, by the same token, it kind of feels like one of those uh, cards you get uh, when they have a food festival at an amusement park and you can go around and get a punch for your 10 beers or whatever. And so I, I think it's, it's an interesting idea and it's definitely beneficial to the other OTT services that are going to be listed on there. I just wonder how much uh, people are going to be biting uh, for this kind of content. I don't know how many people want it, uh, but it could be one of those things that the mere fact that that the entire structure is built up for you to just play with it. And then only after it sees the way you play, does it pop in and say, hey, man, noticed you're having a real good time with that truck there. How would you like to own that truck? <laughs> you know, it's 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 like a used car salesman. Also, I, <laughs> I just want so bad to to have it be called uh, um that should be the official pronunciation of str with a glottal stop um, in the middle. Right. Exa um. Exactly. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but from a branding perspective, Tom, I actually think this is a pretty savvy move because we've all been waiting for, it's like, okay, when do we put a bow on it? And Strum is essentially trying to say, uh, the line must be drawn here. No farther. Uh, we are quote and the rest. So yeah. name all the big ones. When you stop, Think of the words and the rest. We're and the rest. We're the long tail of, of cord killing. I think this is a genius idea. It needs scale to get going, and I'm not certain it will get it. I agree. Uh, it needs it needs two kinds of scale, right? It needs scale of subscribers, but it also needs scale of providers. Uh, so I can imagine a strum that has shutter and crunchy roll, maybe even uh, epics, uh, you know, uh, a Brit box, uh, all of those, right? Like you're saying the ones that when you, when you've named Disney plus Netflix, Amazon prime Hulu, you're like, and then what are the other ones? All oh, right. HBO max Peacock. Well, what else all in there. And then strum would be like, look, you don't have to think about all that stuff. We want to solve that end of subscription fatigue, but you have to have the right providers where people go, Oh yeah, there's stuff I want to watch on there. Okay. I'll pay a few dollars. What those few dollars, that makes a big difference too. Is it $4.99? Is it $6.99? Is it $9.99? Uh, and then this credits system has to be seamless. I, I have to not be thinking about that part of it. I have to just be watching stuff and occasionally run into it like, oh, you've watched all your Shudder horror movies that for this month. Would you like to subscribe to Shudder and get more or just wait till next month? But I don't want to be having to 
have a cognitive load about that while I watch. There's also something possible here. If Straum is going to position itself as the end of cord killing cable, but above air quotes, uh, let's say a, a, a YouTube vlog vlogger or something, then there's an opportunity to kind of create like a low budget YouTube original. For example, like, like, let's say there's scam nation or a modern rogue thing that we wanted to have be slightly above you know, what we would put out just on, on YouTube, this might be a very friendly, easy to approach home for it. Uh, Bill does as a content, as a consumer and a provider, which, which of those two mm -hmm. angles excites you more on this? Well, it's definitely become uh, more and more competitive of marketplace as we've gone on. So I do think, you know, uh, sort of the, the lower tier players uniting it, is going to be positive for them by the same token i i feel that you know i think tom might have mentioned peacock and i don't know if they're on this or not but you know there might be some providers who might not want to go on it just because then they'll be grouped in with you know the uh ren and stimpy uh streaming service or whatever i i think if strum would work it could work like this and i would like it which is peacock hbo max disney plus netflix hulu are your premium channels. Those are the, those are your a la carte channels. Those are your premium channels in a cable TV world. Those are HBO showtime, etc. Those are the ones that you may or may not want to get. You'll decide. Whereas Strum is cable, except it's better because it's a lot cheaper and you can decide if you want to pay a little extra for more of the same or not. And that's where scale plays in. If Strum has Discovery Plus, AMC Plus, Shudder, Crunchyroll, uh, BritBox, uh, Acorn, like, like basically go to Amazon Prime Video and look at all the channels that you can add, maybe even Paramount Plus, aka CBS All Access. Uh, if it has all of that and you're like, oh, great, I just pay one monthly fee and I get some access. And if I want more, I don't have to leave the app. I just have to say, yeah, okay, you know, sign me up for that. And it's really easy to see what I'm signed up for and what I'm not. That that could be the way this works. Yeah, Bill brings up, like, like I, I didn't really think about it. The idea of it's on the menu, but we'll never admit where it's coming from. For example, McDonald's does not say a hamburger patty brought to you by Cargill Industries. You know, but yes, Cargill <laughs> does butcher the meat and manufacture the 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 patties that eventually get gets used so different the, cargill uh, than wrote uh, dr strange uh let's not jump to any conclusions but uh but my point my point is like um that's a wild idea that they could come and say look you'll be on there we're never going to advertise that this is a way to get your service cheaper or or dip a toe into it. If anything, we're essentially, like you said, being the advertisers to bring more people into your ecosystem. Uh, yeah, I think there's something here. There's really something here. Yeah, and if nothing else, it definitely feels like the on-demand version of, uh, what's that service, Pluto TV, where it has all the channels and everything? Oh, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, it definitely, yeah, it definitely I... feels like the on-demand version of that. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 a cross between that and Netflix. It's got a higher quality of content because it's not just free ad supported stuff. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's got a wider variety too. All right, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Not like this, it's all about location, location, location. Under surveillance. 
The first two episodes of WandaVision premiere on Disney Plus January 15th. After that, the episodes will release every week, and it should finish up March 5th. The show is about Wanda, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, uh, and Vision. Uh, apparently, from looking at the trailer, they live in classic TV shows. Uh, but then, at some point, they are no longer living in classic TV shows. Kevin Feige says it kicks off Phase 4 of the MCU. This is this is the kickoff. Uh, Tayona Parr is in it. She will also play Monica Rambeau in the next Captain Marvel movie. So one would assume that she is playing Monica Rambeau in this in some way as well. Paris told Deadline, we will learn what Monica went through since she was a child in the first Captain Marvel. Remember, there, there was a Monica Rambeau, but she was a kid. Now, now she's grown up. Uh, we're going to find out in WandaVision what happened in the intervening time. And apparently it all ties into the Doctor Strange movie, uh, uh, the multiverse of madness. Well, and and I, I'm, I'm down for all of this. I love the idea that, and, and I don't know, I suspect that as soon as this comes out, I think that in the getting ready to get ready to release this, everybody's tiptoeing around basically saying, look, we're going to explain the idea of multiple universes where that's going to set up. What if that's going to set up multiverse of madness? That's going to set up the idea that myths and legends can be told in different styles and ways and all that stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is me speculating. I have no inside knowledge of it whatsoever. Uh, but I, I will say that early chatter I'm seeing seems to be pretty positive. Bill, are you stoked for this or not so much? Absolutely. I, I'm a huge fan of sitcoms from, you know, way, way back in the day and everything. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing these sort of like pastiches of the different eras of sitcoms sort of uh, layered on top of this whole superhero multiverse concept. I'm I'm actually the, the them introducing the multiverse is more exciting to me than the show, just because of all the rumors that are swirling around about bringing in all the Spider-Men for a movie or, you know, maybe, why well, I, I think they announced today that Deadpool's coming into the MCU proper. Spoiler uh, for later in the show, but yeah. Okay. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what I get for not reading the doc. Uh, let's move on to our next story. Kevin Feige says Deadpool 3 will officially join the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe. In response, Ryan Reynolds tweeted, full disclosure, I showed them Spider-Man 1 and 2 and told them it was Deadpool 1 and 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you're going to do things like uh, introduce characters that have been uh, nurtured into, uh, what was it, Fox or Sony? I, I forget what environment. Uh, but a, a different studio, now's a good time to be working with multiverses and different. That was Fox because Disney bought Fox. That's yeah. right. They, there we go. That's what it was. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, point being, man, I love the idea of just different iterations on the story. Bill, uh, now that you've heard this uh, news for, for the, the first very time. first time right here, what do you think? Uh, what news, Tom? I don't know. have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, man, this is not Tenet. This is uh, Cord Killers. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, 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 it should be interesting. I wonder how they're if they're going to bring MCU characters into the Deadpool movie or if they're going to bring Deadpool into the MCU movies because it doesn't seem like one equals or fits with the other necessarily so i wonder which way they're gonna because you don't as a parent uh if you don't want your kids cursing you don't necessarily want them to go seeing a deadpool movie with spider-man you know yeah well and that that is an interesting thing because uh deadpool is going to be continued to be allowed to be rated r uh so who they pull over i think will be affected by that right like you're you're mm -hmm. not going to want to put 
the the kids favorite because then the kids will want to go see Deadpool because their their favorites in there. But then who does that but lead you could, to? You could get away with um, imagine like um, uh, please don't make this the title uh, Dirty Forest Gump, where it's like you take footage from previous movies and you CGI you know uh, how Deadpool was in the background for all these famous moments. Then it's not like an official blessing or whatever, but. If, well, they did that one uh, for Deadpool 2 where it was Once Upon a Deadpool where they just kind of recut it with Fred Savage oh, right. and the bed yeah, yeah. from uh, Princess maybe they Bride. Just do that, so maybe that's actually. what they're planning on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that would uh, absolve them of any problems. Like put whoever you want in there and then we'll just recut it for the kids to go see. And that way they, they, they won't feel like they're missing out. Uh, but it will be, I mean, I actually kind of thought it was fun when they put like really obscure X-Men in Deadpool. Uh, oh, sure. <laughs> You know, so I, I, I doubt that Deadpool is going to lose that sense of humor. Uh, I would imagine however they bring people from the MCU over, it's going to be pretty funny. Might be a really good opportunity for them to bring in those C and D list tier uh, Marvel characters. You know, ones that people really don't care about. Oh, right. Yeah, maybe that, that that's what they do. Deadline reports Michael Waldron has been hired to write the script for a Star Wars movie that's being produced by Kevin Feige. Speaking of Kevin Feige, uh, Waldron most recently ran the Loki series. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. It has yet to premiere on Disney+. Plus. Uh, he also wrote Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness, which we also haven't seen yet. That's not coming until March 2022. Uh, but if you want to know something of Waldron's that you have seen, try Rick and Morty. He produced several episodes and wrote The Old Man and the Seat in season four. That's the one with the Love Finders app uh, and Rick's private toilet, if that rings a bell. I'm not going to say you're campaigning for my heart and affection, but if you were, it would look an awful lot like saying everything you just said. <laughs> Kevin Feige, <laughs> Michael Waldron, Rick and Morty, Rick's private toilet. Ding, ding. I'm not familiar with his Rick and Morty. I'm kind of about halfway through the series right now, but I saw the trailer for Loki and it looked amazing, especially for, you know, a episodic television. So I, I'm also not a huge Star Wars fan necessarily. So I'm not super passionate and excited about this, but I'll give it a shot. There you hear it. Which is about Bill Meeks hates Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tom, that's true, but I, I really hate that you pointed it out. <laughs> Even more. Hey, did you hear that uh, Deadpool's going to be part of the MCU, though? <laughs> like I told you, no more Tenet! <laughs> All right, we've got, we've got a bunch of other notes to, to catch up on here. Oscar Isaac has been cast to play Moon Knight in the Disney Plus series, set to start shooting in March. HBO Max is bringing back Sex in the City starring Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon, and Kristen Davis, but not Kim Cattrall. Uh, Ten half-hour episodes begin production in New York City late spring. Netflix announced that Justin Cornwell, Brittany Oldford, Jake Epstein, Genesis Rodriguez, and Cassie David have joined the cast of The Umbrella Academy. Justin H. Min will return. Netflix announced a multi-year distribution deal with Kevin Hart's Heartbeat Productions. Peacock will launch its young skewing TV news show, The Overview, starting January 16th. Peacock will also release all 10 episodes of the relaunch of Punky Brewster at once on February 25th. And Reese Darby has been cast in the lead of Taika Waititi's period comedy, Our Flag Means Death, coming to HBO Max. A lot of the Concords fans uh, know him as the band manager. It's based on a true story of a man who suffers a midlife crisis in the early 18th century and switches from being a farmer to a pirate. I can't think of a single thing I've seen Reese Darby in that I did not enjoy. I can't think of a single Taika Waititi project that I haven't enjoyed. I also can't think of one where Reese Darby hasn't been um, 
the uh, in a supporting role. So seeing him mm. as a lead, I mean, it's like the, his time has come. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited about Punky Brewster. So let me moon fry, man. <laughs> One of my first crushes. <laughs> Uh, are, uh, yes, and uh, uh, <laughs> back to Reese Darby. He's great. He's an incredible talent, and I've enjoyed him and everything. So I'm looking forward. Yeah. To uh, when are we going to get that Reese Darby Soleil Moon Fry uh, vehicle? <laughs> oh, uh, man, come on, on my slash fake. Uh, head on over to <laughs> Substack. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about stuff we've had our eyes on. Bill, uh, starting with you, what is one thing that you have been watching uh, recently that you would like to let folks know about? Uh, on HBO Max, and I'm sorry I didn't put it in the doc, guys, but there's this great Canadian series called Bean Erica. It's, so, it's sort of like Quantum Leap, but with time travel or, or time travel within your own lifetime, as in you're leaping back into different moments in your life. Really great sort of sci-fi rom-com series that I think just kind of flew under the radar. They're going to be doing an American remake of it very soon. But for now, you can check out the old series on HBO Max. Excellent. Really good Excellent. Good, good recommendation. Brian, what about you? Uh, so I rewatched one of my all time favorite stories. Uh, when I read the original book, um, ostensibly written by the uh, self authored uh, by Frank W or Frank Abagnale Jr. Uh, Catch me if you can. It, it's, it's a, it's a riveting tale. If, if you're not familiar, dude went all over the entire planet, passing over $4 million in bogus checks, pretended to be a, a pilot, a doctor. Um, uh, he actually passed the bar and uh, uh, became a lawyer because he found some loophole or whatever. Um, movie was directed by Steven Spielberg, had Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks in it. Uh, the This dad-son narrative is a bit forced, but it is shocking to discover how different uh, my appetite for a narrative about somebody who just swoops in and figures, how hard is it could be to be a doctor? I could be a doctor. Why not? You know, in a, in a, in a, uh, in the middle of, you know, the week after a, depending on how you frame it, you know, whatever, a bunch of people went to the Capitol. Um, it's, it's really a bizarre experience. So even if you've seen the movie and I would say, especially if you've seen the movie, rewatch it because it's only going to be around through the end of January, January 31st on Netflix. Uh, and, and, and write us at courtkillers at gmail.com and let, let us know if, if the very conceit of the movie sits differently with you 20, almost 20 years after it came out. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I've got, I've got another thing I want to mention, but I noticed, uh, Brian, that, that you watched the death to 2020 black mirror special, uh, Bill, I was curious if you watched that as well. I absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it's not as good as one of Charlie Brooker's wipes that he does over in England, but it, it was pretty decent. Pretty I, I would decent. say it's not as elegantly crafted as those, but it definitely spoke mm -hmm. about a thing that I had heard of before. Unlike, unlike his <laughs> wife's, uh, like it was, it was great. And I watched it with my yeah. uh, 13 year old daughter, uh, belted out loud laughing. And, and yes, their cheap nostal nostalgia pops over the last year. Had a great time regardless. Yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised by it myself. Uh, I was ready to just sit down and like chuckle every once in a while and maybe pay attention to something else at parts. Uh, and it, it held my interest and, and I laughed out loud. Good, also, good stuff. Hugh Grant, is he not setting himself up for like the greatest third act in, 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 in <laughs> acting history? He's so great as a befuddled old man. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. I did want to briefly mention The Witch Part 1, The Subversion. Uh, I said 
say the whole title because there are lots of movies called The Witch out there. Uh, and I want you to get the right one. Uh, this one just came out in 2020. It's Korean. Uh, and it's not what you think based on the name. It's so much better. I was blown away because I didn't know what the twist was. Uh, and so I can't properly get you excited about it because to get you excited, I have to tell you the twist, which would ruin the movie. Uh, but what I can tell you is it starts with a little girl running away from uh, what looks like uh, some kind of failed experiment and hiding out on a farm. Uh, and then flash forward, she's in her teens, she's in high school, and she joins a singing competition, and they want her to do something be besides the singing to differentiate yourself. So she does a magic trick. Go on. And then the okay. rest you have <laughs> okay. to watch. Wait, can, can you do that? God, that, that was a good intro. Uh, uh, can you do that thing where you say, like, if you trust me and you liked uh, something that is in this, like, like, like if you liked blank? <sighs> yeah, I don't know what to compare this to off the top of my head, but Narco if, season if, three. If you like a psychological thriller and don't mind gore. <laughs> okay. All right. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that gets me then in the right spot. This is definitely gonna 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 work for you. Uh Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, Steven sent along uh, a crime drama pick called Mr. Mercedes on Peacock. He writes, This is a dark, sometimes annoying, bingeable, and thoroughly cringeable crime drama for mature audiences. This is an adaptation of Stephen King's Bill Hodge's book trilogy, helmed by David E. Kelly and a strong class of actors. It took uh it took me a while to get into, but I was really hooked by episode two. Thank you, Steven. Yeah, so uh, Mr. Mercedes basically uh follows a detective who was hung up on an old uh, case of vehicular slaughter and he ends up in an accountant mouse game with a young psychopath uh, there are two seasons out now on peacock and a third one was already finished production um this had been airing originally on the now defunct audience channel um so that third that third season is sensibly done um but it it or a fourth season have not yet been confirmed for peacock two seasons of mr mercedes are streaming on peacock season one is on the free tier and season two requires peacock premium if you've got something we should be on the lookout for email us cordkillers at gmail.com uh, you guys know the this bill hodges trilogy no but and, and i'm curious on the cringe thing i i guess i'm guessing that by cringe he doesn't mean like uh socially cringing so much as like like you're watching a a, a car run over a leg cringe mm -hmm. uh oh maybe i don't i am not sure uh, you know the audience I, network could just be cheesy maybe there's just a certain amount of cheese to it <laughs> that, that would get me into it. The I old uh, direct TV network, though, and they did Friday Night Lights. So oh, okay. I, I don't know. Uh, Bill, yeah. do, do you know Mr. Mercedes? I, I I know of it. I haven't seen it yet, but I just wanted to point out that a couple weeks ago, I read an interview with Stephen King where he said it was his favorite like time doing an adaptation, working on an adaptation, and that he loved the way it came out. So if it's good enough for Stephen King, it might be good enough for you. Yeah, wow. that dude hated The Shining, though. Okay. Very true. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're done. We're, we're, Fair point. Brian is now canceling Stephen King, everybody. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, one more time, cordkillers at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you. All right, uh, folks, listen, uh, it's 2021, and I'm not I'm not going to mess around anymore. anymore. I want to talk to you. I want to send you an email, and it's easy, freetomnewsletter.com. I will send you an email every week telling you what I'm thinking about, what I'm up to. Free you can respond Tom, to it and chat Tom, with me. Free so free me from worrying about you. Freetomnewsletter.com.
Also, Brian, you should tell us about doghouse systems. Heck yeah, dude. You know, they hooked us up with a whole bunch of systems. That's what powers this entire crazy operation. Head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. Spell it right. Use promo code rogue at checkout. You'll be supporting us. You'll be rewarding them for believing in you. So really, yes, it's yourself. Like Tinkerbell. Let's move on to the front lines. Frontlines. The Wall Street Journal reports that cumulative U.S. streaming subscribers across the major streaming platforms grew more than 50% from the start of 2020 and has doubled since Q1 2019. Apparently, locking a bunch of people up inside increases streaming numbers. <laughs> Media research group Kagan found that U.S. households now subscribe to an average of 3.1% streaming services that's up from 2.7 last year with three out of four of those households subscribing to at least one netflix consistently led streaming traffic peaking at just under 20 terabits per second in late march while second in terms of subscribers prime video was fourth in traffic behind hulu and disney plus probably because you get amazon prime video free with Amazon Prime. Netflix also led all services in the number of original episodes released, totaling more than 1,200 across Q2 and Q3. That would have been our number one story a scant seven years ago, Tom. Right? And now, now it's, it's a front line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, Discovery Plus launched in the United States, offering ad-supported content for $4.99 a month or an ad-free tier for $6.99. The service launches with Roku and Fire OS support, as well as availability on iOS, Apple TV, Google and Android platforms, Xbox platforms, and Samsung smart TVs. Could everything from Discovery be accessed on this? Um, uh, uh, what are you, what are you, what are you getting at? Scam school? Oh, uh, uh, you know, uh, scam school. Um, uh, uh, eventually, what was called Discovery Digital uh, was part of what eventually folded into Group Nine Productions, which is uh, now where that lives. Ah, okay, gotcha. Uh, but anyway, this this is a, a candidate for Strum, I would think. Oh, heck yeah. uh, Sony <laughs> Sony announced new Bravia XR TV sets that will let users stream movies in high quality through the Bravia Core platform. There's some weird rules about how often and when you can access them, where they say like you can you can stream whenever you want, but not all movies. They all et cetera et cetera. But I I get the idea that you won't have to pay extra as as part of owning your Bravia XR TV set. Sony will let you stream a limited number of Sony Pictures movies at 80 megabits per second. That means ultra high def Blu-ray quality lossless streaming. So it feels like maybe they're they're taking a bit of a cue from uh, when when Apple TV Plus announced that like like you get a free subscription if you bought an Apple thing for a year or so they're they're doing like a soft version of that would that be accurate? Well, it doesn't look like there's a subscription at all. It's 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 more like we're gonna we're gonna include some demo videos on your TV, except they're actual Sony movies that you would want to watch instead of free demo movies. And they're not really on your TV. You're just allowed to and watch also, them through your TV. Yeah, and it's a, it's a way to show off Sony's streaming technology that says, "Hey, look look what we can do." You know, anybody want to work with us on this? Bill, you're gonna run out and buy one of these just for this. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> just because uh, I have all the Sony movies I need, really. 
<laughs> I have a whole collection. <laughs> Viacom, CBS, and Hulu reached an agreement to bring more channels onto Hulu's live TV service. Added to the existing CBS channels are Viacom channels, BET, uh, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Network, VH1, CMT, TV Land, and more. In separate news, Hulu announced a special $2 a month streaming plan for college students. That uh, I have we seen a lot of like educational discounts on this stuff. Before? Yeah, Spotify uh, has done this okay. uh, a bunch. Yeah, yeah, and I think Apple Music does it too. I don't remember if I've seen this from Hulu before. I certainly haven't seen it from a lot of the video companies though. Um, yeah, that that's an interesting promotion. Also, uh, I always thought that Viacom's uh, strategy before they remerged with CBS was to have their own streaming service, right? That they would keep all the Viacom stuff on. And it sounds like now that they've moved with in with CBS, that they're taking the CBS tactic of like, no, no, you can stream all our stuff. Just pay us for it. Hmm. Warner Brothers announced it is fast-tracking development of Wonder Woman 3, uh, yet to be titled, based on the performance of Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 made $131,400 worldwide in whatever theaters were open, and almost half of HBO Max subscribers watched it. The film's opening weekend box office was $36.1 million, double what analysts had expected, and the most popular way people watched in theaters was in private watch parties, where they just rented out the whole theater. Warner also announced that its 2023 titles, not 2022, they didn't say anything about that, but 2023 titles will premiere in theaters first uh so they're they're setting a, a line to say look what we're doing this year we're not going to do in 2023 looks like 2022 is up for grabs depending on how things go uh but 2023 is when we get the next mad max furiosa prequel as well as the color purple musical um I, i'm trying to i'm i'm sorry i'm doing a double take 131 thousand dollars world 131 million dollars <laughs> okay that makes a 000. lot more sense <laughs> did i say yeah you did uh, and, oh, i'm and, sorry yeah i, I, I normally, apologize I to like warner COVID. brothers for tanking their stock uh, 131 yeah, yeah. million four hundred thousand. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense uh meanwhile lg announced a redesign of its web os interface for smart tvs going from uh, uh there's a whole band of apps at the bottom of the screen to a full screen with rows of personalized recommendations, shopping, sports scores, uh, sponsored channels. There's a new remote uh, that'll have NSC to, uh, NFC to tap smartphones for sharing content to the screen and dedicated buttons for Amazon, Google, and LG voice assistants. Man, I, I don't use the WebOS that much on my LG TV, but I really like that it's just a blade down, you know, or I guess a series of blades down there along the bottom. I, I don't like the fact that it's going to have to be full screen. I mean, uh, it, it's one of those things uh, where Roku's success sort of opens up like, uh, hey, man, there's money in them there. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. They're going to they're going to sell I, some sponsored like, channels. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of, though, like, I don't want to go buy a TV with this operating system that's not going to get updated in three years. You know, I, I've always been very resistant about the on the, the TV software yeah our best our best guess on that is that's where the uh the the stick market is is you buy a tv a couple mm. years later you buy a stick and then maybe you buy another stick mm. and then or maybe you upgrade your tv again yeah all right let's get to the dispatches from the front Jermaine Raymer wrote what I think Brian and I probably agree is one of the greatest emails we've ever gotten. Yes, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Jermaine wrote, 
I was listening to episode 341 and I was amazed at how you made the discussions about all of the Disney plus new content interesting to somebody like me who fits the probably very narrow Venn diagram of people who are fans of your show and don't care about Marvel or Star Wars. I read it three times, Tom, trying to figure out what the catch was, but it turns out it's just somebody saying, good job, boys. Yeah, thanks, Jermaine, that's awesome. <laughs> Jason writes in saying, cord killers, I just wanted to say thanks, I forgot how much I love this show, I forgot all about the Killies. This is one of my favorite programs of the year, thanks, it was fun. Uh, it goes on to say nice things, uh, but uh, if you have not seen it, make sure to check out the Killies. that's where we do our best of. We talk about, uh, what, 25, 27 of our favorite things? Almost 30. Almost 30. We had we had, we had some doubles this yeah. year, so, but and usually then, it's 30. Uh, and then we also have three things that we're going to leave behind us in 2020. The abandonee. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's a great night. Uh, it's a special <laughs> night when all of the greatest hosts and producers of Cord Killers gather uh, to to honor uh, the shows that we have watched and stopped watching. So magical. So, what a magical yeah. night. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Uh, Alex from Raleigh, North Carolina writes, some episodes ago, Brian was talking about how Fletch was Jeff Winger from Community. I was just drinking Mind Ties and watching the Community Christmas episode, Abed's Unforgettable Christmas from season two, and was reminded that I meant to email and tell Brian that he needs to watch a stupid and futile gesture on Netflix about National Lampoon Magazine in which Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase and does an amazing and precise invocation of Caddyshack-era Chevy. If there were ever to be a Fletch reboot, which there absolutely should be on HBO Max in the darkly comedic vein of Barry, Joel McHale should absolutely play Fletch. 100% uh, uh, agreed. Uh, I did watch this movie. Um, I did kind of appreciate that they didn't go out of their way to, to, you know, prosthetics, try to make everybody look like the various characters, but I got the strong, strong sense that I would enjoy it so much more if I was already familiar with the National Lampoon story from the beginning. I felt like I was exactly mm. seven years too young to properly enjoy it. Did you guys see it? Oh yeah, I, I saw it. I, I I rather enjoyed it, although it wasn't as funny as I expected a movie about the National Lampoon to be. You know, it, but then again, you know, they're trying to tell a true story. I remember them doing some very innovative things with the way they told it, though. Like they'd have like narrators walking through scenes and stuff like that. Interesting film. And and, and the, the whole conceit they do with Martin Mull, I thought was was fine. I thought that was. Mm. Hey, and again, but again, I. Feel like that would have landed better if I was more familiar with the story going into it. Uh, speaking of being familiar with the story, what is the best way to get totally familiar with the fake news? Oh, uh, you can go to uh, my podcast, uh, Brian, because you know me, I'm a purveyor of fake news. Actually, I'm not, but this guy right here, Paul Defoe is. And uh, we're going to be launching, It's a, I call it a sketch dramedy podcast, uh, where basically it's a news show that's devoted to covering the fake news for real. And within that, you have different, you know, news story sketches and great guys like Tom and Brian and Bryce coming on to voice three or four or five lines here or there. But we have two seasons out now. We're going to start the third one uh, probably in about a month, six weeks here. So you have plenty of time to get caught up before uh, we start off with the final season because the bloom's kind of off the ro rose for fake news, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 hey, you walked right past it. It's called a call to action and it involves sending people to the fakest.com the fakest there we go sorry about that <laughs> f-a-k-i-s-t yeah, 
A lot of people think they know where the fake news comes from, but where it comes from is the fakest, F-A-K-I-S-T.com. Yeah. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We are live on twitch.tv slash night attack, also carried on diamondclub.tv, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and we will be secretly watching you next week. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons you know what i love them more than not life itself because then i'd be dead and i couldn't appreciate them but really 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 close and i'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen thank you so much to all of our five dollar a month patrons you guys are wizards you're champions you're heroes Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>